Welcome to Partner Ops Partner. I'm your host, Aaron Howerton, and this week, how I lost potentially $50,000 increase in base pay. I recently went through an interview process and ultimately walked away from a job that could have been a $50,000 increase in my base pay. Now, let me talk about the role. This was a leadership role as a senior manager. It came with a team of one to manage, a junior role, ground up partner tech build. They didn't even have a PRM in place like, oh, talk about heaven. Sounds almost perfect, right? And I really thought so too. I learned about this job during my unemployment period back in October of 2022. Uh, and for posterity in the future, this episode is being recorded in June of 2023. So it's very close. The role finally came up. I did submit my interest in it. Uh, but you need to know a little bit about me as we get into this too, okay? Now, I am product-oriented. If you really pay attention, you probably pick up on that. I talk a lot about partner tech. I have a product background. I spent a couple of years as a product owner of an automotive CRM company uh, that is uh, no longer defunct. I know a couple of guys still over there kicking it under new ownership. Um, did that for a couple of years. That really impacted how I ran operations, how I look at operations and software tech stacks, system design, uh, user experience prioritization, things like this. Um, very, very influential for me. I am flexible. I'm used to flexibility at work. Um, I've had no PTO, a lot of uh, working, I guess, for foreign companies. It's just helped me get a, a sense of, cool, I'm going to get my job done. When I get my job done, I'm going to stop. A lot of flexibility. I'm very transparent. I, I need to have that in my life to keep my mental health alive. But I'm not great at negotiating pay. I have a history of desperation in my work effort. And I am a father of three, husband of one, dog owner. These six creatures, including myself, all depend on me to bring home the money and the benefits and make sure we all have what we need. And that's a lot of pressure. And it has been that way for 11 years. I also have a lack of trainers and advisors around pay. I don't have anyone, haven't had anyone, I'll take that back, to go to for years. I've developed a better crew over the past three to four years, especially. I got people I can talk to now, but it's new. Um, and it's just a mental game that I don't have a lot of practice at, okay? This is why I advocate that you always take the call. You need to practice and keep in the shape of having interview calls, asking hard questions, putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation. It's a sales process. You're selling yourself. You need to stay in that. Take the call when it comes. You never know when you might be blown away. You're going to learn about the industry. You're going to learn how people view your skill set, and you're going to learn how people value your skill set, which can help you at your negotiation of your primary job that maybe you love and would never leave. But if you don't take the call, you won't know what to say. Let's start here with the offer process for this job. Now that I've got you hooked and you're like, Aaron, why would you turn down a job that would have paid you up to $50,000 more a year? There's a few reasons. First of all, I didn't know that. The range wasn't published. I found that out today that the top end of the range might have been higher than what I got. And I'm kind of baffled because the range in partner operations is all over the map right now. You can go get a job as a junior analyst for 80000 or less or up to senior manager roles that pay over two hundred, where a lot of directors live. So I don't know. It's crazy in the world right now. But I know partner ops is going to continue to be a growing space. People are going to want to know how this stuff works. They're going to need training and guidance. And they're going to continue to want to work with people with experience. And so if you're in partner ops, congratulations. You are the beginning of a renaissance and you will be more valuable in two years than you are today. Just hang on. The offer process. So I went through the interview process, seven interviews, and then it ends with the verbal 
offer over a call and they met my expectations. I asked for X and they gave me X. Plot twist, the perks didn't line out financially. So they gave me the raise I asked for, but the perks, 401k, health benefits, all that stuff, uh, options, it didn't, it didn't line out financially to actually create an increase because I was going to pay more in health benefits, lose 401k match, lose other things. Like It didn't line out, and it, it kind of surprised me. It didn't land. And so we had an honest conversation on the phone. It went really well, very respectful, a lot of recognition. Um, so I asked for a signing bonus. I asked for consideration of a severance package, mainly. Those were the big things. And they said they'll go back, and, and then they came back in an email with an increase, $10,000 plus a $5,000 signing bonus. Uh, and then they got the structured written offer written around that before I even got back to them, which, you know, kind of locked me into that. And I said, let me think about it for the weekend. Uh, I did ask again about the severance over email, asked for a couple of other things over email and got back some, uh, like, uh, uh one they, with severance, they wrote back and said, well, here's the Arkansas state law over hiring. Like, I know it's a, where it will country. That's not what I'm asking about. Severance is over and above that. What, what guarantees will you give me for taking the risk of coming and working for you, right? Like, so those kind of things happen. But we went back and forth over via email, and ultimately it just never materialized. The first offer came in what I asked. They raised it by 10, added a 5K signing bonus. Everything else stayed the same, and it just wasn't strong enough. And this is where maybe I made a mistake. I didn't maybe realized the top range was where it was. All of our exchanges, I mentioned they mentioned the, the state law, all the exchanges we had so far at that point left me convinced they would probably fall back on flex policy, uh, not very flexibility, not willing to make changes. And so it, it got to the point where I basically felt like the role wasn't leveled appropriately for what I would really want in terms of perks. So I didn't think they would give me what I wanted in terms of like expanded PTO. It's three weeks of PTO. I need at least four, maybe five because I'm used to unstructured and I've already got more vacation than that scheduled this year and it won't be a problem where I'm at. So I, I didn't see the flexibility there. So I didn't ask and they left me convinced they would fall back on it. I wrote them and said, hey, I'm going to not accept it. I'm going to step out. And they wrote back, respecting the decision, offering to chat, to talk about the perceived perceptions around flexibility, but they understood if I was done. And then I responded a week later because I have ADHD and forgot about it once out of sight and felt like I was finished. That's a brief rundown. I'm trying to keep this into 10 minutes. That's a brief rundown. Hopefully you got some value out of that and you understood like the numbers, kind of what happened back and forth. But I want to focus on what actually happened. So somewhere in all this, things broke down because it went really well. I was excited to take it. I knew I was going to take it before they made their first offer. Any kind of offer was probably going to get me out the door. I just was confident about that. But here's what happened that broke down that confidence for me throughout the course of the interview. Now, during the interview process, I was ghosted for a week at what I thought was the end of the process. And they came back with a bonus round that I wasn't aware we were having. Maybe that was miscommunication. Maybe I misunderstood it or they didn't tell me. And I went ahead and took the call. But in that week, mentally, I had let the job go. They disappeared. I wasn't going to chase it down if they don't really want me to come. I'm pretty okay where I'm at. So I didn't have a big incentive. And I had mentally moved on. So when they showed back up with one more round, I had to ask questions of myself like, why did they just ghost me for a week? Why is there another round? Did I misunderstand something here? Um, Is there a risk that I'm not aware of? I went ahead and took it because, again, I like to take the call. That was one, that was the beginning of the break, mental break for me in terms of, oh, something's not right. The second one was that 
Um, there was no product conversations. I mentioned earlier I'm product-oriented. Seven rounds of interview, I think, no product conversations. It's a pre-IPO company, pre-acquisition company offering options. If I can't believe in the product, then the options don't matter. There's no value there. I need to understand and believe in the product and know where it fits and know what your plan is. And those things weren't communicated. And I couldn't get any information about valuation or strike price to know what the actual options value that they gave me in terms of cash dollars, not number of shares, really meant. You might get it two ways, by the way. You might get a number of shares. You might get a cash offer. Here's how much we're going to give you in options. And then you'll find out later what that looks like. But they wouldn't share any of that information because I wasn't an employee, which made it very hard for me to vet. The offer itself was a little bit dead on arrival due to the somewhat dated benefits package. The 401k was not a strong match. Having to pay what I had to pay for health care was not a match. Uh, PTO package, I mentioned that, three weeks, not a match. Like So things were just not aligned to what I'm used to. And to be fair, I work at a company that is incredibly generous on these things. If you want solid benefits, for the love, please go work at Atlassian. You cannot shake a stick at how they take care of their people. You just can't. And so it's unfair. It is unfair, but it did impact the financial consideration of the raise. And at the beginning of the process, they asked for my salary needs, but they didn't tell me anything about their benefits. So when I asked for my salary, I had to do it with the, with the exception that all things were equal. In the future, from now on, if you ask me for a salary, by the way, job people, and I have to put it in a form, I'm either going to put not available or I'm going to go so ridiculously high to account for what might be a really terrible benefits package. It, it's not a good question to have on your forms. It doesn't help you. It doesn't incentivize anyone to apply. Take it off, please, for the love. Now, um, so that was one. The benefits package was dead on arrival. The counters, to me, they leaned really heavily into policy. So they seemed inflexible, and the calls also stopped. So the lack of direct communication, I think, was a big, big, big issue on both sides. I think it was a red flag for them, probably, and it definitely was for me. There was no room to connect and hear people and talk in a human sense. We're now writing emails back and forth like we're talking through lawyers, trying to get our phrasing right to make sure things land well. Um, it made it easier to say no both ways when I didn't get a phone call. For example, on the last one when I write and I step out and things had gone well and everyone expected me to sign up until that point, if it's me, I'll say this, if I'm a hiring manager and I've got a candidate lined up that I really, really, really want to bring in the door and I get that email, I want to probably want to pick up the phone and make a quick call, right? As long as hiring laws allow me, maybe that's part of it. I don't, I'm not in that world, but the human side of me says, let me call and talk to Aaron. What's going on? I thought things were really good. We'd love to have you come in. Help me understand what's wrong, right? Never happened. We just stuck to email. And I think that helped us separate easier and threatened the whole process now that I think about it. And maybe it did on my side. It left me feeling underappreciated as a candidate. And maybe, maybe they felt the same way. They felt underappreciated as a potential hiring manager because they didn't I, I didn't respect them enough to call them I, I don't know it's maybe fair and now today I hear the range might be higher by another thirty thousand dollars through a friend and it got me wondering all these missteps and how I didn't uncover that in my own efforts right now my new goal in any hiring process is to find the top of the range find the top of the range why would you do anything else but find the top of the range why would you come in and leave money on the table um, try not to think about it as desperate, but realize if there's a range, it's a range for a reason. And what value do you bring 
don't price yourself out. So I'm learned a lot. I've learned a lot about this and it might have swayed me. I'll be truth be told, if that 30K that I'm hearing about now had landed on the table at the second offer, or even the first offer, or even the third or fourth offer, if we'd have gotten to that range, that would have helped overcome the other problems. I could have dealt definitely with the financial shift in certain pieces of like severance and for like, okay, another $30,000 goes a long way to make up those gaps. And when it comes to product alignment, just because no one talked about the product in the process doesn't mean there's no one that cares about it or I couldn't come to understand it. But the lack of the financial incentive when I have products I care about now is a is a challenge that's a tough that was a hard one for me personally that may not be one for you but you you may have something else that would fall the gap right that not product maybe it's culture whatever it is but it might have made the difference it might have swayed me truth be told it might have made it very easy and that's the story of how i sort of kind of maybe gave up a fifty thousand dollar raise in base pay and it's because i think i didn't ask i wasn't specific i never gave specific requests that was another thing i want to mention I said, I said, I don't know, here's what I have now, and I let them come back with numbers. I never specifically said, hey, I'd like to get a month of severance. I'd like to get the 10000 I didn't put any of this kind of stuff in writing to give them a tangible thing. That left it on the table for them, and of course, they're going to come in low. Another fault of mine, not theirs. It's negotiation. Be specific in what you want. If you have to put in a salary, add $20,000 to whatever you think is fair to make sure that their benefits suck, you can still take the job and make the call make the hard call and have the hard conversation because i think it could have made a big difference i hope this has been helpful for you it's been helpful for me in processing it right getting the lessons out and figuring out man maybe i left money on the table at a company that really had really great people really really great people and what what is probably a really compelling opportunity and now now i won't know right um i, I won't know and that's a, that's a frustrating thing. But we move on. We move forward. Um, you know, we're at 14 minutes. I hope this was useful for you. I love talking about this stuff and being transparent. If you want to talk about this more, have other ideas of stuff you'd love me to talk about, please let me know. Email me at Aaron at Partner Ops Partner. But until next time, good luck partnering.